0: Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Bay Brothers podcast today for our opener. We got uh, Rockets taking care of business against the Jazz. Um, We'll talk all NBA. Then uh, a couple headlines from this weekend in Major League Baseball. Red Sox sweeping the Rays in uh, Tropicana Field. Yankees continue to dwindle with their injuries, and they have a bunch of no names in their lineup. Um. Yelich and Bellinger, uh, they put on a show, ironically not in Hollywood, but in Milwaukee. It was unbelievable to see. We'll break that down. Thoughts on bat flips. Um, We'll break down uh, college basketball a little bit, have our soft tissues and tough cookies, and a final four of ethnic foods. Yes, that is all we'll dive into today for the Bay Brothers. But first, our friends from Arcade Fire. Uh, Jack. Yeah, uh, I uh, hear you are on vacation right now. Spring break. Is that uh, right, indeed?
1: Yes. I uh, just got back from uh, Tampa, Florida. Had <laughs> a nice little vacation there. Get the mind right for second <laughs> half of the baseball season um, for high school, and you know, have this whole week off. Really, really dive into MLB and get caught up on everything.
0: Yeah. Had a couple days off here. Had my spring break earlier in the week, but er, earlier um, this month. But it's been nice. Weather finally heating up. Got my first sunburn um, yesterday at the Brewers game. Kind of feels good, ironically, even though the burn hurts right now. It feels good to be warm outside.
1: Yeah, they, they say you got to get the first burn to really get tan. You've got you to break it open, as they say. Yes. It's like breaking in a glove. <laughs> yes. You've you got to keep playing catch. got a little, get a little burn there. Yes.
0: And uh, the NBA playoffs are in full swing. We'll break that down right now. A uh, couple main series we'll cover right now. Warriors. Up 3-1 on the Clippers. We'll assume that the Warriors will uh, win game five and advance to the second round. Rockets up 3-0 on the Jazz. Uh, Maybe the Jazz possibly win game, but expect the Rockets to fully um, be able to beat the Jazz in that series pending any disastrous... Um, performance by them, but they will match up with the Warriors in the second round. Nuggets, Spurs, probably the best series, I would say, out of all the NBA playoffs right now.
1: Yeah, props to you for calling um, the Spurs be hanging around the series, and props to the Spurs for um, obviously, as we said, a great franchise and very well coached. I mean, coaching is important to an extent in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, but um, I mean, They've shown the Nuggets. I mean, the Nuggets are a very good team, but I think the I mean, Spurs they, have they a great lack,
0: chance. They lack postseason experience, but um, I said before, I wouldn't. The Spurs are not to the same extent, but kind of like the Patriots um, in basketball. You have the main man in pop at the head of the organization, and it kind of trickles down from there. The GM, although quiet, he's a silent assassin, picks up i mean it's like the patriots with 510 white guys he picks up his fair share of european power forwards that just happen to be able to shoot well rebound well so uh, although they do not have um, the premier guys in the sport they will surely put up a fight in any series bucks 3-0 over the pistons playing right now Um, they will probably sweep them right now don't know the score Celtics sweep the pacers Um, Are the Celtics back on track and looking like last year's team with Kyrie and Gordon Hayward? Um, So, the debate in all this, who do you think looks the best so far? Who is the most surprising team to you so far?
1: Um, Surprising? Um, Maybe. i I go with the Trailblazers. I mean, they were top three. that's that's fair. They were top three all, um, you know, top of the Western Conference all year, but I never really bought into them. I don't know if it was – they lack star power. I mean, Damian Lillard's a great point guard, but I don't I don't know if I can fully put the trust in him. I don't think they've really done anything in the playoffs. They've always made him, but never really any um, advancing. And I mean, I gotta give props to um to Russ in OKC. I mean he's been dominant. I mean he it's kinda like a one man show at some points, but he's proven to be dangerous and I I think
0: I was a little worried for the trailblazers coming into that coming
1: into the series, so I gotta give him props overall.
0: I feel like the Thunder are the far superior talented team. Uh, I mean, looking through their lineup, they have Russell Westbrook, um, Paul George, Stephen Adams, just to name a few guys. So I think they're the more talented team by far. Um, But I just don't know if the chemistry's there. I think for sure um, the Trailblazers, uh, they play much better as a collective team. Damian Lillard at the head, CJ McCollum, as a nice balancing act to um, Damian Lillard. Um, however their center was injured shortly before the postseason so that kind of put some skepticism on this team but um, they have found a way don't know a whole lot of guys on that team but kind of going into the series I would say Damian Lillard Russell Westbrook the best rivalry in the NBA right now for sure those two battle it out every night kind of words exchanging between them but uh, I think I would say it's kind of like Reggie Miller versus the Knicks, almost. I mean, it's getting to well, that level. I like. Seeing... I, I don't think you can put that extent. I mean, it's cool to see since they're at the same position, um, but
1: I don't think by any means it's Reggie Miller um, versus the Knicks and Patrick Ewing. Um, but I mean, it's been it's been a good series so far, and um, looking looking ahead to the next game or so.
0: I mean, I think it's I think it's interesting how I mean we've seen within the last like ten years. Uh, it's there's been a little bit less. I don't know if you could say competitiveness, but there has been less like rivalries in the sport. Like rather than in the '90s, you had um, the Bad Boys against the world. You had Knicks versus uh, Knicks versus Pacers. Um, Michael Jordan trying to beat every team in the East. So it's less of that kind of that era. But I think we're moving into a new era with um, teams like battling it out. Joel Embiid. Is one of those villains. Russell Westbrook's one of those villains. So you need certain types of villains in the league to make it more interesting with these rivalries and stuff.
1: Yeah. And, um, I mean, the Warriors are still the favorite of this year, but next year,
0: I mean, the Warriors are going to lose a few guys. Yeah. Kevin it's Durant, be, I mean, I it's think it's going to open overall. I think Kevin Durant's going to the Knicks. Uh, I believe Clay Thompson is a, he's an unrestricted free agent. So he could sign back with the, or he could sign back with the Warriors for an option, but he is also, um, He could also enter free agency. Um, So those couple guys available, I think Kevin Durant's gone. I think he um, got done what he wanted to when he intended to go to the Warriors with uh, winning up to three championships possibly with this year. So I think that thing is checked off his bucket list. I think he wants to prove to the NBA that he can win on his own. And if he wants to improve his legacy, I think that's what he's going to have to do because if he continues to stick by Steph Curry... Uh, Draymond Green and their side with a great collective team I think it'll look bad on his resume but especially if the Knicks get the number one pick Zion maybe Kyrie's going to that team this offseason and Kevin Durant think about that think about how entertaining the NBA would be with that so um, tons of lots of options this upcoming NBA offseason will be one of the most important and intriguing in its um, short history, I would say.
1: Yeah, for me, the West after um, after the Warriors in this year. I mean, the Rockets, they got Harden, but the supporting cast is not really there. The Nuggets haven't shown me a dominance where they could um, go on a run and make a few finals in the row. OKC, they have solid talent,
0: as we said. But they always choke in the playoffs. Choking in the Spurs. playoffs. Spurs are aging the Lakers—you never know what's going to happen there. Who they're going to hire for a coach? Who are they going to surround him with? Is Anthony Davis coming? Is Clay Thompson coming? Um, Portland—we don't LeBron? really know, right? I mean, so that'll be. It's all,
1: and also in the also in these—I mean—the Bucks are a really good team. Celtics are a really good team. Uh, Sixers—I think those—you know—three or four teams um, are really congested at the top. And next year, it's going to be um, more exciting to see as we
0: go. Yeah. On. Um, all right, going back into the real NBA playoffs. Next round to the most intriguing matchups will be Warriors Rockets Bucks Celtics who like in Warriors Rockets Warriors
1: Rockets I'm going to go with um the old faithful Warriors um the experience I mean I just think they're an overall better team um I think they have the defenders to stop Harden and maintain him I think as long as they you know hold them to kind of a little bit of above average I don't think they have the supporting cast to do enough I mean in the last couple of games um, CP three has been playing great. Um, Clint Capella inside has been good. And I think that's what really has propelled them. But I think they're there's going to fall short against the Warriors because they are just not as talented and, um, not as a complete team. I mean, I think overall, I, I think they've had improvement over the year because Harden has been so w- not one-dimensional, but he's been by himself so isolated. But now, finally, um, the other guys are coming through and that's helping them, but they're going to fall short still, I think.
0: Uh, I mean, I wouldn't look at this thing as a f- for-sure thing. Uh, the Rockets are playing as well as they have this season. They have the best record in the NBA since the All-Star break. I mean, people forget that they had such a disastrous start. I think they uh, started way below 500 in their first 20 games and everyone was worried about them, but then they really picked it up. James Harden has... Um, I think he's putting himself in the category of top five offensive players of all time. I still think he's um, underrated. Uh, I don't think pe- people fully appreciate his greatness and what he has been able to do on a basketball court. Um, I mean, he's getting to the level of Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, that level, I would say. Um, and with Chris Paul, Clint Capella, kind of supporting him in that way, I think they can put up a fight against the Warriors. Uh, but I think... The Warriors have, even though they stumbled against the Clippers, losing that 31 point, um, 31 point comeback. I think that's their one, their one thing that's done. You saw the other day, Clay Thompson, KD combined for sixty-five points. I think KD's unstoppable, um, and if Clay Thompson and Steph Curry are shooting well, that team is a force of nature. As we've seen in the past, no one can stop them, and that's why I think the Warriors will advance to another conference championship and, in the end, another NBA Finals. Uh, now, Bucks and Celtics, both the green teams. Speaking of Earth Day, yes. Um, who you got in this one? Well, these two teams faced off last
1: year. Celtics um, did not have Kyrie. Bucks um, took them deep in the series. In this one, I think the Bucks are the better team. Uh, a little a uh, hometown bias there just because seen him play more but the Celtics um I think it's going to be six or seven games no doubt about it who you got um, some bucks then. I I do take the bucks in the end I think Giannis um it, it's shown he has a t- determination unlike anybody else on the court. Yeah. And I think it's just the confidence in himself and in his um, teammates that he can trust them even more than, let's say, last year, where I think he felt like he put a little too much pressure on himself um, and felt like he had to do more. But this year, I think he knows his role. He knows exactly what he needs to do, and he knows he can um, s- still pass the ball and trust his teammates. Celtics, um, Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, all those guys i mean i haven't seen them play a whole, whole lot this year but i know um it you know it's been a struggle at points this year but they've really um came together as a
0: as a team throughout the year um i'm going to take bucks and 6 no, i'm not <laughs> trying to say <laughs> like the <and> hashtags, <laughs> but i'm saying bucks and 6 on this one um i think even though the celtics played very well against the pacers the bucks are the far superior team to the pacers and the competition is going to raise a whole new level um not to say probably five times the competition they had against the pacers so and and not, not to say that the celtics they didn't dominate the pacers in all four games they were down at halftime in 3 of the 4 games saying that they weren't absolutely they didn't come out with fire in every single game. They kind of came back, worked their way, Pacers made a few mistakes, bada boom, bada bang, won a game by five points. But the Bucks are a whole new story. Um, uh, first of all, Giannis, the MVP of the season, no doubt in my mind. Um, and then, with his surrounding cast, Eric Bledsoe, Chris Middleton, uh, I don't know if Brogdon's coming back, I don't think there's been any word on um, that.
1: I think he'll be back. You know, Brooke Lopez, obviously. Yeah, Brooke
0: Lopez. So many guys on that team that are kind of underrated, underappreciated, but uh, really produce and are very efficient for the Bucks. so uh, I think this will be a great series, but I think because of how well the Bucks have played all year, I think they will continue that momentum into the next round and make their first conference finals in a while, I don't know the last time they did prize. I
1: think 0-1 against the Sixers, I believe Really? Yes. Oh,
0: well I was expecting to be in like, the 70s with Kareem but... Nah, nah,
1: <laughs> they are solid that, I think that was with Ray Allen on
0: the team, actually Oh, right. Away. Yeah. That can make sense.
1: All right, and now we got our food debate of today, not really exactly debate, but just a little shout out here Con- conversation. Yes. Um not just a dish, but overall um foods of a
0: country or region. So the like, best cuisine, yeah, as we cuisine. say in the cooking world, yes.
1: Um yeah, so not just like one dish or one food, which is a sneak peek from our for our final four today, but um overall the the set of foods from a country.
0: Okay. A region. This guess, is actually really. a really tough one because yeah. uh, we don't know. even though in America we have like a cuisine. I don't classify that many dishes under it. I mean, apple pie, brats, or not brats. I mean, like hamburgers. I don't
1: really know what else to throw in there. I, like, like America doesn't have that. I mean, even though I love coconut those foods, cream pie, <laughs> yeah,
0: they don't have like a ton of dishes because of our. I guess we're having. We, we just like, don't know some a much, young too. a young history. I mean, compared to the rest of the that's very true. Yeah, um, compared to the rest of the world. So for me, best cuisine, I'm gonna go with Italian, just because of the complexity and the overall variety and how much depth they have in their cuisine. I mean, you think about all the foods that are amazing: cannoli for the dessert, for dessert, pasta. Um, especially like in Italy, they make like really good fresh made pasta. In America, like it- Italian foreign exchange students say that the pasta is like terrible compared to the ones they have in Italy. So pasta, pizza, um, garlic bread, just their like breads, um, in general. Uh, I actually went to Italy. They have, um, their gelato homemade gelato, really good there. They invented that. Um, I would say <sighs> suckling pig. They have that. And that. that is, it's, it's, it was so good. Oh my gosh.
1: So what, what does it look like? Like, what is
0: it? I don't, it it was just like it's kinda of like a chicken breast but with pig, but it is so I mean, the one I had was uh, unbelievable. Um wine. I mean I haven't drank wine. I'm not like a wine kind of sewer, but um people love their wine well, I, and, I know and it's, people in it Italy. It is definitely like, really good in Italy. It's like kind of a normal Florence. thing
1: for like their kids at, like ages eight to ten to be drinking wine. Yeah. It's a normal thing. So.
0: Yeah. So as you can see there, just to name a few, I'm sure there's tons of other things that I can't think of right now, but, um, Italy, I would go with the best cuisine in the world.
1: Uh, for me, as you're sniping Italy off the bat, um, I'm deciding between German foods and, um, Mexican foods. Um, I'm going to go with Mexican foods, but shout out to my boy, Ano Hezbeck recurring guest. Um, <laughs> sorry to leave the Germans on the sidelines, but I'll go with, uh, the Mexican foods. I just had more experience with these foods. Um, the obvious ones, enchiladas, uh, tacos, um, they have the burritos, the burritos. They have the handmade, uh, La Flauta, which is, um, blue corn. They, um, make their tortillas really nice. I've seen, um, I know and like, this is going off like from Mexico, but in the same kind of, you know, Caribbean region area, or I mean, um, uh, like South America, or whatever, but like Costa Rica, Puerto Rico, um, those places, you know, there's women who have grown up, um, with these recipes um hand making the tortillas you know the like the flour making everything like that their beans and rice it's super healthy compared to um american foods so it's a big plus like kids are eating beans and rice from a young age and it's just better nutrition compared to american i think that's a staple that seems really authentic authentic to them so yeah
0: also for dessert have you ever had fried ice cream
1: fried ice cream i've not oh uh flan flan that's, that's flan, pretty good yep. um, um
0: churros churros are churros good churros are really good uh, anything else from mexico um uh, i'm sure they have like the i've heard barbecue. some other foods
1: from my friends um but i'm not i don't i can't name anything specifically yeah like i know they have like mexican candies that are good there's like some suckers or stuff like that but that's
0: like a little oh, more... also um what's it called like three king's bread or something
1: oh yes yes yes. well there's also they um, have like they unique- have the dead bread they the dead. The dead. yes i yes, have yes, made yes, that yes. um add a very, little orange sh- zest <laughs> to that <laughs> 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 i've made that for extra credit in spanish many times but yeah. no that I, for- I almost forgot about that yeah um that's, no, a, have, that's like, a
0: great bread also they have unique like traditions that they make with food there
1: oh also a tradition of
0: when they um, put like called- the when they put the baby in the cake too you know oh and yes yes yes
1: yeah um and then the next person, like, hosts the party over finds it. Yes, yeah, year. yep, yep. Also, um, I've done this before where you, like, you you take, like, the yolk and the stuff out of the egg, and then you fill it with, like, confetti, and then you, like, smash people on people's backs and heads, and you have a little party. La fiesta, if you know what I'm saying. But um, I haven't done that. But we did that in Spanish class in the like, seventh grade. I'm surprised you didn't do that. No, we didn't do it. That. that was uh, <laughs> Senor Lopez. <laughs> well, I mean, she, they're, the teacher changed every year, so... Okay, but we had the same teacher for at least two years, I think. Okay, whatever. Well, that was a good little food talk. And now we're going to dive into MLB talk. And um, as we like to do on this show, uh, concern, panic, or doom for the New York Yankees. Aaron Judge going out with oblique injury. Dero said he might be out for two months. Those things can be tough, and I trust in Dero... Um, a lot of damaged goods. I mean, Anduhar from Severino, um, Stanton, Stanton all, their, all, all their guys banged up. I mean, they're throwing out Brett Garner in the three-hole and Void in the two-spot. I mean, I,
0: I they had five names I didn't know of. Yeah. Like, I think Clint Frazier is batting fourth. I mean, I know who he is, but like. Yeah,
1: I know what you're saying. It's, it's more
0: role players, you know? Not even like just young guys I've never even heard of. It's crazy. But for me, the Yankees, I'm going to go with Concern. Maybe not even concern. I'll go level above that. Not worried, um, because the Yankees, they it's April. It's a very very long season. If you look at perspective, we're about 20 games in. Uh, that's like one eighth through the season. So it'd be like playing two games in the NFL. That's how you kind of have to think about it. It's a very young season. I will think. I think they will be okay in the long run um, when they get their baz- back or guys back in full swing. Uh, As we roll into the summer, I think they will be uh, in full force heading for a pennant race with the Red Sox. So for the Yankees, you got to think of it. It's April. They'll be okay. For me, I'm going to go
1: with Panic. Not because of their placement in the standings, Um, only being three back of the Rays right now. That doesn't concern me. But I think it's just the injuries. Because Judge, long-term... I'm not, I'm not so hundred um, percent on his health, and Stanton's has ha, has had his number of injuries throughout his career, and just having, I mean Severino, he's supposed to be their number one, and if he's not there, I mean, I was going to be back in a few weeks, but right now, I just, I just feel a little angsty honestly about the ink, because like I know they're going to be there, they're my preseason World Series champion. so my colors aren't going to spread here, but I'm just saying the injuries long term effects. I know they might be back, but them not being 100%. I mean, Sanchez, he had a rough second half of last year, so I'm really hoping he can get on and get going. But it's it's panic for me because um, of the possibilities of the injuries come September. Maybe guys are fatigued and the injuries are reoccurring.
0: Fair enough. Uh, Now we will venture into the Red Sox. They swept um, the Rays this past weekend. Um, probably the most, the first promising sign of success for the Rays, but do you think that their pitching staff will hold up and continue to have success throughout the year? Um, Porcello
1: pitched a good game on Saturday. Chris Sale, um, his velocity has been down, but it's starting to slowly pick up, and I think he's going to slowly get into it. Um, I know they're limiting him in spring training because of the World Series and how deep they went into the postseason. So I think... Um, the the April swings, of uh, their pitching staff is caused a little bit by the World Series and going deep into October. So I think Chris Sale will end up being his normal self, um, in in the next coming months or so. Um, Ivaldi, I mean, I'm not 100% 100% sold, but I mean that's just the growing pains, I guess. But I th- I think they will come around. Their bullpens pick them up. I mean, um, Heath Henry's been good. Um, Barnes has been good. So they've held them above water for a little bit, but I think that that sweep in uh, Tampa has been huge for them to give them a little little pick me up there um, to propel them to say like, okay, we can beat these teams. We we're right with these guys, and I think being five and a half back, um, I mean they're right there. I'm am not too worried about them honestly.
0: Yeah, for me the Red Sox, I'm not worried about them. Although they're nine and thirteen right now, Sale has an 8.50 ERA. Uh, they're. Their pitching ERA coming into the weekend for the Rays was I think like 6.9 somewhere around there, but uh, this weekend in the three games their ERA was 3.94, um, very very respectable um, and better than um, what they had in the past. So I think the Red Sox, it's kind of that um, World Series hangover. We've seen it before. Had a long off season. Um, they lost Kimbrell, kind of adjusting to that with their bullpen. Chris Sale, he's been a little off. His velocity's been down. But that kind of comes with the territory of pitching deep into October, which he'd never done before. Um, and Sale, probably one of the best competitors of the game. Uh, I mean, he said in his last start, it's embarrassing for his family, his fans, the team. Uh, so as you can see, he deeply cares about this. I think he'll get it fi- he'll get it fixed unfortunately uh, his start tonight was postponed so we'll see him tomorrow um, but uh, I think I think say I think sale and the rest of the pitching staff will be fine and I think the Red Sox I'm calling them division champs right now I think they'll rebound well and uh, and we'll see them in October once again
1: coming off your point about sale how he's such a competitor I think like unlike some guys he's going hundred percent full out on every pitch so I think what you said about Having that, you know, extra three series in October really hurt him because usually, you know, he's before before his time at the Red Sox, um, he wasn't doing that um, extra work. And even two years ago, they didn't uh, they didn't make it that far. So I think you're right. It's that his mm-hmm. competitiveness, going full out, full throttle, every pitch, um, really bit him the butt a little bit in early April. Now, um, after I saw the Rays play in person. On Saturday, um, just looking at their lineup, I mean, it's kind of the normal race thing. They don't have any big names. Um, so offensively, they scare me a little bit. I'm a little worried. I mean, Austin Meadows has a great April, a young prospect they got from Pittsburgh in the Archer trade. Um, Kevin Kiermaier is more defensive specialist. Um, I'm a bl- Tommy Pham. Tommy Fame will be good for them, but besides that, they've kind of got some rando names that I didn't really recognize. I mean Daniel Daniel Robinson's really nothing. Um Diaz at third is not really much of an offensive um producer. Um I mean, pitching wise they look good, but I don't know offensively if they have enough to enough to pursue them um to an October run.
0: Uh yeah, I'm kinda with you on this one. I mean maybe I still think they could sneak into uh possibly wild card, maybe second wild card. Um, I think, I think their pitching staff is still really good, but offensively, I think they will struggle. Um, I think a couple of guys have emerged as, uh, really, p- uh, productive within April, but maybe it's like kind of an Eric Thames situation, really good in April, kind of dies down. Uh, G-Man Choi among ah, that's them, I forgot. um, to it, he's hitting like 286 right now above his, uh, normal stats. Um, uh, as you said before, Austin Meadows hitting 351, leading the team. So they've had a couple guys that have been really good, but I think if they want to uh, have an offensive boost, they'll have to pick up someone at the trade deadline. Uh, and I, I'm kind of worried about them, even though as they scuffled against the uh, uh, Red Sox this weekend, getting swept, I think that can't happen. If I mean, to be able to compete with the Yankees and the Red Sox um Possibly the two best teams in the AL, not only the entire Major League Baseball. So the Red Sox, they're in a t- or the Rays' tough division. It'll be hard to battle with the uh, the heavyweights and the Red Sox and the Yankees, and therefore I think they'll struggle offensively, and it'll be tough for them to make a playoff push. And now, as many of you know, Christian Yelich has hit 13 home
1: runs um, and has been robbed of two, so could have had 15 and he is on a crazy pace for 80-plus um, home runs. Obviously, April you know is going to slow down at some point a little bit and on pace for um, just around 200 um, RBIs. And this was kind of interesting because everybody talks about, you know, baseball you don't really get that head-to-head matchup, but in this um, weekend series you did four games set in Milwaukee, Dodgers, Brewers, um, and Bellinger also an early mvp candidate he's also on fire and um yesterday on sunday um he robbed yelch of a home run and he threw it in their face in the top of the ninth hitting um a home run to take the lead off a hater um bellinger he's got a 138 ops and 500 on base percentage crazy starts for both these guys andrew what do you have to say
0: um obviously remarkable starts for both of these guys um, Bellinger, we haven't really seen it before. We all know that he had the potential to, but his swing is really starting to pick up. Uh, uh, it was kind of interesting to see, though. My big takeaway the weekend saw two of these games in person is that everyone is doing launch angle now. I mean, you see it in the on deck circle, you see it in the dugout. Guys are just dipping their back shoulder, getting it up, and it's all about the home runs now in this game. And it has been evident um, at the start of the season. Um, there's been more home runs than ever, continuing the trend. Some people say the balls are juice this season. Who knows? I I'd, I'd be willing to jump on that conspiracy, but uh, I mean that's obviously not contributing to all the success of Yelich and Bellinger just hitting the ball on the barrel. Unbelievable Yelich continuing his success from last season. Uh, and honestly, though, I don't get what, what 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 why why are teams pitching to him? Honestly. I, mean, I think he's going to start receiving the Bonds treatment a little bit by not pitching to him, but you just continue to see, you know, curveballs hanging, uh, guys leaving fastballs middle in. I don't understand what's the big like, what's the big trend of doing that. I mean, just pitch him, balls low and away, if not walk him.
1: Yeah, I think it also depends, like, on the rest of the Brewers lineup. I mean, Braun's been solid. Um, well, he's been struggling a lot, though, I lately. I his his average is like
0: 170.
1: Yeah, it's true. But I guess if he's him behind him or Shaw or whoever Aguilar um, is him behind him, it just depends on that. I mean, also your pitching staff. I mean, the Cardinals, he's been ripping up the Cardinals lately. Not um, tonight though. But I mean, I can see the Cardinals. You know, if it's a tomorrow night or whatever, and it's zero zero and you know, you know, nobody on. You know, sure, open base, put him on. So. I think it depends on the situation like that. But for sure, I could see a couple more intentional walks uh, coming up for Yelich.
0: And the underlying story of all this is, who do you think will have more home runs at the end of the season, Bellinger or Yelich?
1: Um, I'm going to have the uh, hometown bias and take Yelich. Um, a little more consistent. Actually, I wouldn't say consistent, I guess. But uh, Bellinger, maybe You know, not in the league as long. Um, I mean, both both really good answers. It's just kind of a flip of the coin, honestly, at this point.
0: Uh for me, I'm gonna go Yelich. I kinda got the ballpark advantage. Um he's already oh up God. three on um Bellinger. I think with Bellinger also uh I think he has a I don't know. I feel like Yelich has to his swing is more aimed for home runs because he kind of has to carry the load for the Brewers because Usually when Yelich is up aren't that many guys on, he's up second. Kane, I mean, about half the time he's on, but for Bellinger, when he's hitting the four spot, he's got guys before him and after him, so pitchers obviously have to pitch to him, but I feel like he's more of a um, doubles, singles guy instead of home runs.
1: Well, I would I would counteract that point and say Yelich is more of a like a doubles guy. I think I think Yelich is the better pure hitter if you watch his swing. It's a little less, um like S- strikeout, um, like being prone to strikeouts Yeah, out. prone to strikeouts. Thank you. I think, um, Bellinger's swing is a little more launching even a little more launch angle. Um, and I think Yelich is a little more pure hitter as he was like in Miami. You know, getting more singles and doubles more times. So I think he's going to have the more consistent year. So he's less, um, susceptible to be in a slump or something like that. I mean, obviously he's going to go through a slump at some point, but just in the broad spectrum.
0: Yes, Um, and also the Brewers have scuffled with their bullpen, evident in this past weekend. Um, Besides Hayter, kind of struggled and a lot of skepticism within the Brewers about what they should do with their bullpen. Burns got sent down to AAA, have to bring a couple minor league guys up. So uh, with Chase Anderson pitching well the other night as a starter, but Corbin Burns Um, Brandon Woodruff is also starting now. Jeremy Jeffress came back. What do you think the Brewers should do with their bullpen? Should they pick anyone up? Should they trade for someone? If you were the GM right now, what would you do, Jack?
1: Um, For me, I mean, I think the stars will kind of piece their way together. I think they can nickel and dime throughout the year. I mean, Chassin's going to be solid. Um, Woodruff will find his way. I think, you know, Davies is, you know, I don't really like him, honestly. I don't think he's that good of a pitcher. But I think Davies and Anderson will find their way. But for the bullpen... Hater, you gotta trust. I mean, he's been uh, giving up a few home, home runs lately, but I think it'll all be okay. I mean, in the postseason, he was dominant. Um, besides, maybe one or two at bats, honestly. Um, but Jeffers gonna come back is gonna be huge. Hopefully, he can tap into his uh, 2018 regular season self and you know pitch to a two five ERA or so. Even just that would be good. I mean, Matt Elbers, I don't trust honestly at all. Um, last year being awful. Um, Alex Claudio. I mean, he from what I remember, he's just kind of like uh, you know, three nine, you know, four oh ERA guy. I mean, maybe he can go multiple innings, but, but maybe I maybe like a lefty specialist. Left no. yeah, lefty specialist. But um, I mean Jacob Barnes, I mean, he's he's a solid, you know, one inning guy, but besides that I really do think they they do need to go out and get somebody now. I mean, obviously the obvious answer would be, you know, Kimberla Keichel. Those two big names on the market, but I think you could um, even try to find a smaller piece now to just try to propel your way to get some room before the All-Star break, before everything starts heating up even more.
0: Yeah, I said it since the beginning of the season. This is a bullpen game now. Even though that starters are important, uh, look at the success of the Rays, and a lot of that is attributed to, or attributed to uh, their bullpenning and the strategy with that. So you need – I think you need more bullpen guys than starters because starters can – I feel like you have a couple um, stars for starters. you got your sales, um, the Bre- but the Brews don't have a number one starter. They have Shasin, who is – he pitched like 3-5 last year, and that was really successful for a Brewers starter. But besides that, the uh, reason why they're the best team in the NL was because of their bullpen. So when they put Corbin Burns on the starting list at this season – I was wondering why he was so productive for them last year, two six ERA could go two plus innings for them when needed, and he was kind of the bridge of the gap between the starter and Hater at the end of the game or Jeffress. So why mess mess with something that's good? Um, to quote Yogi Berra. So why why did they move him to being a starter? I get that he was naturally a starter, but when you had him um, when you had him enter the starting rotation, he was so good in the bullpen. So I think they should move. Corbin Burns back to the bullpen. I would actually move Woodruff back to the bullpen. I'd have Guerra be a starter. Anderson be a starter again. Um, I would try to get Kimbrell or Keichel. uh, Even though they're asking for a lot of money, I think it'll be worth the price because this is their window, obviously. Um, And uh, obviously with getting Jeffers back, they'll be better. But um, with Knable missing, I think they need another bullpen piece because at the end of the day, pitching wins championships. And in baseball, I would say also with defense, but pitching wins championships. And in today's world, bullpenning wins championships. Therefore, they need to um, boost their bullpen. And with that, they need to add Burns and another uh, Keikel or Kimberl back into the bullpen.
1: Yeah, I like your point about Burns, but just to play devil, devil's advocate here, just saying that you you said the Brewers, you know, they have a lot of threes and fours. They don't really have that dominant yeah. guy. So I think what. um. Council and the Brewers and Stearns were trying to see is that maybe we can have Burns be this you know quote-unquote ace um, for the next couple of years and try to lead that um, rotation but I think you know you're right I think they need to leave him in the bullpen like look at the Rays right now they got three starters and they're doing great they got you know Glass Snell and Morton they're doing fine so I think um, having just like decent starters is going to be okay I think you're right um, Woodruff I might leave in the rotation I might disagree with on that one since um, it's not like they have three dominant guys as, like, the Rays do more. So, I think if you did, like, Chassin, Woodruff, um, maybe Guerra. Davies. Davies. Davies and Anderson, you know, those four or five guys would be okay. But I do, like, I do agree Um, when uh, Burns finds himself again, they should keep him in the bullpen, where he's probably maybe even more comfortable. And I don't really know, honestly. I'm not inside the clubhouse, but, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, now uh, moving into the... NFL draft. Um this week NFL draft starts. Obviously a uh, whole lot of buzz coming in with Kyler Murray and company. So with the first overall pick, if I'm the Cardinals, uh do you think they should take uh Kyler Murray?
1: I do think they should, Andrew. Um <laughs> seems like the obvious pick. I'll go with whatever Mel Cuper Mel Kiper says. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So sure.
0: <laughs> um for me, if I was the Cardinals First off, I would my first option would try to be um, trade down, um, maybe let the Raiders or the Dolphins or a team that is desperate for a quarterback and very interested in Kyler Murray trade up for that pick, um, collect a bunch of draft picks because I think uh, a quarterback won't solve all their problems. They still need def- uh, offensive and defensive linemen um, and the rest. Uh, but if they do keep the number one pick, I think Kyler Murray would still be the best option even though they're i'm still very skeptical of him um i don't i don't think the cardinals should just settle for kyler murray because it seems like teams do that a lot we saw it with the browns multiple times uh if teams are desperate for a quarterback they take him that year next year there's a loaded quarterback class um there's tua uh justin herbert out of oregon um just to name a few uh I think there's a guy out of Ohio State the transfer, uh, Justin Fields. So there's a loaded loaded quarterback class coming in next year. I don't think the Cardinals, unless they're all in on Kyler Murray, I don't think they should settle for him necessarily right now. But although I think they will because they hired Cliff Kingsbury, um, and Cliff Kingsbury said that if you want to have success, surround me with good skill position players. And I think um, Kyler Murray fits the persona and uh, the system of um Cliff Kingsbury with his spread offense. But I'm very skeptical of Kyler Murray, obviously with his height. I mean, even though he's 5'10", I'm still a little bit concerned with that. Um although he has great mobility and is a pretty good pocket passer and has great arm strength. Um I'm concerned about his leadership skills. Um obviously his um his partner in crime, Baker Mayfield, has great leadership skills. But for Kyler Murray, uh, he hasn't shown to be a great communicator, evident on the Dan Patrick show in Super Bowl week. Um, It seemed like his father was controlling when Kyler Murray was asked a difficult question about him choosing the majors or the NFL draft. He turned to his father to look for the answer, so we don't want a LeVar Ball situation here. Um, So I'm not all in on Kyler Murray. Maybe the Cardinals are, but I think the best – Um, Player in this draft is actually Quinnen Williams, defensive lineman for Alabama. I think he's the best overall player and will be a dominant interior defensive force for whatever team picks him up. So that's my two cents on the NFL draft. And now we'll move on to our soft tissues and tough cookies of the week. Jack, what do you got?
1: My soft tissue of the week is going to be the Tampa Bay Rays. Just because um, I think if you want to be a team who's going to succeed in October or even go to October... I think you gotta at least you know take one against um, your uh, division rival or not division rival but your uh, division foe in the Red Sox um, that you can be swept on your home turf um, when your division when you're competing for a division title and then um, oh you take your soft tissue oh my
0: soft tissue will be Russell Westbrook because uh, I think in his post game. Um, press conferences. Barry Tremel of the Oklahoman newspaper always asks him a question and he always says next question. Can't have that type of shenanigans in the league. Adam Silver, fix that up.
1: My tough cookie of the week will be the San Antonio Spurs just because I give him props as I said earlier for hanging around the series against the Nuggets and with a chance
0: to win the series. My tough cookie will be Clay Thompson was struggling at the um, first couple games in the series. Then Went in the Pacific Ocean for a little swim, bada boom, bada bang, hitting threes all over again. I like the, um, I don't know, the therapy.
1: The therapy, it was the nice. We have to, we have to focus on our mental health more. I think. Yes, exactly. Society. <laughs> all right, and now we got our final four of the week of ethnic foods or cultural foods, whatever you want to call it. Um, Andrew, you can take it this week. Actually, I'll take it this week. I think. Yeah. Uh, I had the first pick. You last had the week. first pick last week. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, a little stereotypical pick for the first overall in tacos. As I said earlier, from my Mexican cuisine, um, this has become even almost like a staple in America, you know, being a yeah, big meal. taco trucks. Yeah. Taco trucks. Yeah. I um, don't even
0: consider it Mexican anymore. Yeah, honestly.
1: It's so ingrained in us. Yeah. Uh,
0: for my first pick, I'm going to go with fish and chips from the city of London. Um, I went to London last spring. Weird had fox. had the traditional um, fish and chips from Poppies, and it is very good. You got the crispy fish, cod, my favorite, all fried up. Then the chips. It's not really chips, actually. It's um, they're like potato, like potatoes. They're like crispy potatoes, but like I don't, I don't thicker, know how to describe like a little it. more potato-y. Yeah, a little e- thicker. Yeah, not potato-y. as like, unhealthy. Yeah, not as. Not as greasy and um, etc. So
1: yes. Uh, for my second pick, I'm gonna go with goulash. Um, in my house, we have goulash pretty often. What's, it's, what's goulash? It's a, never heard it's of it. It's a stew. It's got it's um originated from Hungary and um, popular in Central Europe specifically. Um, it's just like you know, it's a thick stew. Um, it's got some. I think it's like pork or something, some sort of meat. I can't really know exactly. But then you have some vegetables. You know, um, some cooked carrots other things like that
0: but it um goes down very easily nice uh for my next pick i will go with crepes um it's like a taco for dessert and breakfast and it's sweet so a crepe is it's like with a liquid batter um comprised of eggs milk a little sugar put it on the pan then um You put your ingredients in it like you can have strawberries blueberries chocolate sauce nutella bananas um there's actually a new trend which is savory crepes i've never had one of those i'm sure you can put eggs spinach vegetables uh, maybe bacon sausage etc i'm sure you can put that in the crepe and then you fold it up uh, maybe put some whipped cream chocolate sauce on the top and it's a very delicious French bite. Sounds very good right now. I've yeah. not
1: uh, had a crepe in my life yet. so Really? I'm, I'm due. I'm you due. know Cy Hill's like a crepe
0: maker? Like, he sells he, crepes? He makes crepes, yes.
1: I'm about to hit him up. I'm Yeah, swipe his number or something. <laughs> Cy Hill, if you're listening, I want a free crepe for the Bay <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> Two businesses can help each other out yes. here. Uh, for my, my next pick, I'm going to go with pasta. Also kind of um, became a staple in America... As you said earlier, um, it's more well done in Italy, but um, this is probably my first or second favorite foods of all time.
0: Wow, that's hot. <laughs> See, I like I like pasta, but like... I love pasta, I go, I go like cheeseburger I can't, and pasta. I can't even eat pa- I can't eat pasta without like meat in it. Like I can't just eat like plain with well,
1: sauce. Then, well, well, then you can add meatballs to it. I'm not I'm, yes, including I'm cool I about. know, but like... But like, I'd go Monday pasta, Tuesday cheeseburger... Wednesday pasta, Thursday pasta. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. Uh, my next pick, I will go with... <sighs> mm, I'll go with poutine from Canada. Um, So this is... It's either chips or french fries with... uh, I think pork usually is the traditional meat. And then cheese on top. Mix it all together. It's like a yummy salad. Okay. That's, that's my two cents on it.
1: I'm going to go with, uh, cannolis. This one I don't really, um, have too often. I'm not really pulling out of the fridge a nice fresh cannoli. <laughs> but, um, when I do have them, they're very savory. Very... Wait, savory? Sweet? You s- mean? Sweet, savory. Well, savory is, like, the past, like... No, no, savory
0: is, like, a burger, and sweet is, like, ice cream.
1: Okay. Well, good to know. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, you know, like, the whipped cream and, like, nice kind of, like, cream cheese cream inside of it. Yeah. And then nice, I just, like, uh crust on the outside folding over it's very nice and it kind spills out the outside um very very good
0: mass pick i'll take the blooming onion from the outback of australia um i think it first off it just looks really cool i actually have never had one but on the outback commercials it looks really yummy and i want to try one so i will go with blooming onion for the last one also Shout out Christian Yelch over for tonight. Jack still not take that he's overrated. <laughs> okay, well,
1: not that he's. I, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick by my rude that word that he's somewhat overrated. I
0: think at some point he'll still fall, but um,
1: I mean, he's proved me wrong in this
0: last week. But I mean, obviously, he heard the Bay Brothers podcast and he um, really wanted to prove us wrong by going off with yeah, like. I mean, he played the week NL. Yeah, us.
1: he'd probably throw throwing at us if we're playing against. Yeah. Him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and we're gonna end with. Uh, Cool Again by Shafi, his hit single from 2018. Here it is. Everyone Please enjoy. Have a great week. Happy
0: Earth Day.